Hi, my name is David Siegler and welcome to my podcast. Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of my podcast and uh, this is going to be a fun episode because what this episode is about is let's go shopping. But when I say shopping, I mean shopping. Uh, What are you saying, David? Here's what I'm saying. Shops, retail space is one of the most exciting possibilities for us in property in 2019. Uh, I've been playing around with this in 2018. I'm now ready to go for my investors. Some of you who work with me know me a little bit. Know by now that I like to test uh, drive every strategy that I place with investors before I place with investors. So I have actually done couple of these projects in 2018. I'm ready to roll it out to my investors now. And here's the thing. Why is it interesting for you? Because it doesn't matter where you live, where you are in the United Kingdom today, there is stock of these particular buildings everywhere. You drive past them every day. You walk past them every day. You don't even look at them. You don't. So let's talk about my number one tip for a strategy in number one t- uh, in 2019 for me and my investors, it is shops, retail space, lock-up shops. Retail, as we know, we've only got to read the papers, look at the news. Retail is struggling. Retail is stuffed. Retail is. You know, shops ain't what they used to be. The internet and whatever, uh, the high street is in some disarray, household names, closing down every quarter. They are names that we grew up with are now long gone. But it's not really town centre, city centre sites that I'm talking about. What I'm talking about, and you'll probably recognise them as I paint the picture of where we are in your town, is the secondary positions, the tertiary positions. Now, we have to be a bit careful, okay? I'm telling you we are not in prime retail. I'm telling you where we're likely to be. And wherever your town is, you've got one of these, a high street that used to be a high street. Maybe 25, 30 years ago, you might have had one of the big names there. It might have had a Marks and Spencers. It might have had a Boots. It might have had a Woolworths. Uh, it might have had several other names that are now long gone and forgotten. Um, but they're not there now. You can see where the stores were because you probably got somebody else occupying them now. And they had those traditional shop fronts that could only be Woolworths or Marks and Spencers, or whoever, right? And uh, you can, if you stand across the other side of the road, you can see them. But what you're going to see walking up there and down these secondary and tertiary positions, and I'm going to come back to tertiary because we've got to be careful. We don't want to go too tertiary. I'll come back to that in a minute. What we're going to see are empty shops. And on the face of it, you'd think, yes, David, well, you know, the, the, the world's moved on the internet, Amazon, whatever. Well, maybe it has, maybe it hasn't. I want to run this past you. And uh, what I love about these projects is the arithmetic. Now, what if you go into sort of a semi-residential area and have those little parades of shops? You know, the ones where they've got a takeaway, they might have a dry cleaners, they might have a butcher, they might have a greengrocer. This may be... 8, 10, 12 shops in the parade. I used to have a blockbuster years ago. You go and get your videos and rent them for the night and you can park outside. Now, that is not really what I'm talking about. So there's tertiary and then there's very tertiary. 
So um, what we're looking for really is not those residential parades with takeaways and, uh, you know, butchers and bakers in. We're not, okay? We are looking for X high street shop. So, you know, when I was a kid in the 19, uh, got to be careful, 60s, say, uh, where I would go to do my shopping. That is where we're looking. And you can find them in every town. I mean, every town I work in, every and, I'm, and while I'm talking, I've got the pictures of these towns flashing through my head. I know exactly where to go to find these things, secondary and tertiary positions. And it's really, really an, an exciting opportunity. So find yourself an empty shop with a flat or flats above, a self-contained flats, have a look at the access from the rear. Now, if they're going up a really uh, tight, old-fashioned metal uh, ladder-type staircase, uh, you know, like a fire escape-type staircase, that's not ideal. You really want one where um, you've got a proper staircase built from concrete or whatever at one end of the parade. You've got a walkway behind the, sh the shops, behind the flats at first floor, above the shops. So we've got a walkway. You can walk the whole length of the parade and walk down the concrete stairs at the other end. Maybe you can find something like that. Uh, it might work with the metal uh, staircases at the rear. Um, it depends how substantial they are and what the lighting is as well. Because uh, we are going to use these upper parts for service accommodation. We are. And guests are going to arrive in the middle of the night, especially in the winter when it's dark and wet and miserable. And do we want to really send them up a metal staircase? I don't, I'm not sure that's going to fly. Um, it might be asking for poor reviews. So access at the rear is the secret to making this strategy work. You've got to be able to get up into the self-contained flats above the shops and the access will be from behind the building. Really, really important. So you've got an empty shop. You've got empty flat or flats above, okay? And I'm going to share with you some numbers that I've actually completed this project in the last 12 months. It's operating now. That's why I can talk with confidence about the numbers. So the whole building is a commercial building. I know it's residential above, but for our purposes, it's commercial. For lending purposes, it will be commercial. If we're going to do service accommodation on the first floor, it's going to be commercial, Plus, we've got retail space below. Uh, and if you shop around and hunt around sufficiently, even in the south of England, because I've done this in the south of England, you can pick up a building like that at the moment for about, well, in my particular case, for about 140 grand. You can, because people don't want them. And uh, if you've got individual landlords, individual investors who have got them and they're empty, then the investors are paying the business rates immediately. There's no grace days on business rates. You have to pay from day one where it's empty and uh, that's going to make a difference. So they are going to be motivated. So that's the same story as working with Resi. You need a motivated seller. Uh, it won't work if you're going to work with a uh, a pension plan or an institutional owner but if you've got individual landlord it will work focus on the apartment on the flat first i'm going to share some figures so let's say we're 140,000 pounds in to buy the property or your investor is 140 grand in if you're packaging the deal you're not paying for it the investor's going to pay what I'm telling you is that you can fit out those flats above and bring them up to a really nice standard and you can move the rent roll. 
So um, a three-bed flat is, is one that I've been working with. We actually changed one of the reception, made it a four-bed flat. So now it's got four beds in there. Advertising it for SA. Now, on the old AST, that flat achieved £795 a month on an AST. Yes, it did. That's what it got. Switching it up to SA, we are now achieving, on average, £2,000 per calendar month. Massive uplift. I know there are costs. I understand there are costs, but I'm talking about rent roll here. Rent roll is what we want to talk about for our purposes today. So we've taken the flats and we've moved them up to an income uh, approaching £24,000 a year. That's £2,000 a calendar month. So already, you know, we're, we're building something here, which is uh, turning the numbers on, it, on their head. But hang with me, team. Now, we've got a retail space to rent. And that's going to be the difficult thing you're thinking. David, who's going to take the retail space? Well, what appears to be going on in the market is there are people who will take the retail space, but they are not retailers. They're not. So maybe they've come out of another job. Maybe they've been made redundant. Maybe they just uh, want to change. Maybe they want to take a shop on the basis that they can be their own boss and do their own thing. And what I'm finding is that uh, these people will take premises on a five-year lease, say. Uh, they may even ask you for a break clause uh, two years in. That that I, I would absolutely be prepared to grant that. I would. I'll come back to why in a minute. Um, and they are prepared to pay, wherever you are in the country, £100 a week for that shop. So the focus financially is not on the shop. It's £5,000 a year of income for the shop, right? Um but we need the shop occupied, and I'm telling you wherever you are, someone will occupy that shop for £100 a week, five grand a year. What sort of thing will they sell in the shop? Well, maybe they'll try and turn it into a, a little office, um, try and apply for A2 planning to the council. Who knows whether that'll work? Uh, the sort of people I've seen uh, and have worked with are someone who's got a laptop repair business. Do people really repair laptops anymore? Apparently they do. So laptop repair business, um, a kitchen door specialist. You know, someone who comes in, um, if you don't want to rip the carcasses out in your kitchen at home, they'll come and fit new doors, new worktops, just bring it all up to scratch. Um, phone accessories, mobile phone accessories, right? Um, you can fill a shop for just a few grand, fill a shop with phone accessories. You know, it's really cheap to set that up hydroponics now i've not worked with hydroponic uh tenants myself but i know they're out there and i know uh, they are quite popular in certain social circles so i get that so that's the caliber of tenant we're talking about these are not grade a high street tenants and um here's my take on this okay they are going to sign a lease they're going to sign obligations under the lease right um i think they're probably going to fail so they come in all bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. They think they're going to have a successful retail business. I'm a bit longer in the tooth, and I'm going to guide my investor who's buying the building. I'm not buying the building. Um, that uh, we should take a slightly more experienced view of this. So here's the thing. If um, a trader signs a lease, they are personally responsible, uh, usually, unless they do it in the company. But even then, they'd have to give directors guarantees. That's usually what happens with the lease. So they're going to finish up personally responsible for uh, fulfilling all the terms of the lease, including paying the rent. 
Here's my take on it, team, right? I don't want to ruin anyone because they start a um, telephone accessory business and it fails or a laptop repair business and it fails. I don't. I don't want to pursue them. I actually don't want to pursue them myself. I don't want to go through that process. So here is what I would advise investors to do. And this is what you should advise your investors to do. What we are looking to do is secure a tenant that's going to pay £500 a week. Don't worry about director's guarantees or whatever. Just take a six-month rent deposit. Take a six-month rent deposit up front. Don't forget, in a commercial property, the tenant has to pay the rent in advance. So you know immediately if there's going to be a problem. You can respond immediately. There's no, You don't have to go to court if a commercial tenant doesn't pay the rent. You just instruct your friendly bailiff to go and visit them. Okay. There's no Section 8 for commercial. There's no Section 21s. If they're 14, usually, depending on the terms of the lease, but usually if they're 14 days overdue with the rent, you can send the bailiff in. Bang, right? So you are holding six months' rent. In my experience team, and I'll share that with my investor, if you've got six months' rent, it will take you within six months, you can find someone else, another hydroponic expert, to go into the shop, right? So we're not going to chase people um, and ruin their lives and take time out of our lives uh, over the lease of this shop, right? So long as they can give six months rent deposit up front, we're talking about two and a half grand team, right? If they can't find two and a half grand, they shouldn't be opening the shop. That's that's my take. That's a that's a, a red flag for me immediately if they say, oh, we can't afford to pay the rent for the first quarter and two and a half grand. Uh, well, then you can't have the shop. End of. Simple as. So where are we heading with this? Don't forget, we've got a service accommodation unit above, which is producing £24,000 a year. And then we've got a shop which is five grand a year. So we've now got an income through this commercial building of twenty nine grand a year. Okay, I'm going to pause there. What are the costs on the other side? We bought the building for one forty. Of course, we're going to have to do a little bit of upgrading to get the flats away. We are. Um, I'll leave that hanging in the air. But the other thing we're going to be able to do, because this is a commercial building we're going to be able to explore the possibilities of pulling capital allowances out for your investor so this is a real life case study 140 grand purchased nearly 40,000 pound in capital allowances liberated uh, by the capital allowance specialist now you don't get the cash those of you that are, uh, have not come across this before you don't get the cash what capital allowances are are allowances for you to use going forward against your personal tax position then mind if it comes out of company. If it's for you, you can use it against your personal tax. Fantastic, isn't it? So, in effect, the investors bought a hundred and forty grand building and they paid a hundred grand for it. So I know they've had to lay the extra forty grand out. I get that, team. I get it. But in effect, the net cost was a hundred grand. Meanwhile, let's suppose that we can put two years down the road, uh, a couple of years' accounts together that show prove. £29,000 a year gross income coming into that building. We can go to a commercial lender and uh, downhill on a sunny day with the wind behind, we might get a commercial valuation on that building somewhere towards two hundred and ninety grand, ten times the rent, okay? Uh, maybe you'll get a 12% yield, be eight times the rent, but still significant uplift, you know, eight, to, uh, it's approaching a quarter of a million pound uh, for a building. Don't forget that was unloved, that was empty, that you looked at it twice and you thought, well, no one's ever going to take that shop and look at the state of those flats above. And suddenly we've turned it into the jewel in the crown. 
producing 29 grand a year. We're going to get a 290,000 pounds um, commercial loan on it. Uh, but the true cost, the net cost over a period of time has only been £100,000. So here's the deal for your investor. You're tripling the value of their investment in terms of capital, plus you're generating a rent roll of twenty-nine grand a year. Probably that will net down to about 15, 16 grand a year, you know, 50% of the cost for your SA or whatever, right? Um, you've got to insure the building, various other costs. So you can what you're producing for a hundred grand is sixteen grand a year net income, plus you're tripling the value of the capital asset. As a deal packager, that is not a difficult sale for me, and it shouldn't be a difficult sale for you. And what I'm saying to you, if you've never thought about it, wherever you are, the numbers will be slightly different, but not too too different, whether you're in the south or in the north. This works, okay? Um, go and have a look. Go and find a shop. Go and find a shop in a secondary position that's getting a bit tired. Maybe the footfall in the street isn't what it used to be. And um, you know, you're going to get a huge uplift either for yourself or for your investor client. These properties are everywhere. Nobody wants them. The key to it is to know what the strategy is. And if you want more detail, because I understand in 20, 25 minutes, you know, you can only get so much information off of the podcast. If you want to know more, message me. I will try to help you. The key, key people you need are a decent property solicitor and a great commercial mortgage broker. Also, access to a capital allowances specialist, right? So it's all about the network here, team. It's all about the people who you know. I have test-driven this this last 12 months. I know this works. I'm going to be introducing the possibility to my investor clients in 2019 because they don't even know the possibility exists. Maybe you didn't know the possibility existed until you heard this podcast. So I'm going to leave it with you there. I want you to chew it over. Send me a message. Uh, go and ask your friends. Talk about it. This is a quick, quick way, one, to source property to really blow away your investors because they get fantastic returns and then you can earn yourself a big fat fee. How much would you earn on something like this? I wouldn't take less than 10 to 15 grand team. I would not because we only get paid once and the investor has got that asset forever with that sort of rent roll. Um, and if they uh, want further advice as they move down the line, you know, a difficult tenant, problem with SA above, all of that sort of thing, you know, they're going to come back to you. So make sure you get well paid for this and then you won't begrudge the time you send with them going forward. In fact, you will build a relationship with the investor and then you'll sell them more stuff and you'll earn more fees because you're really credible and you know your stuff. I hope this has helped. I hope you have a huge 2019. Uh, I'm going to be back and talking to you in January. It's going to be great. Thank you for listening. I am David Siegler. See you on the next episode.